We have come to table and you serve it well and serve it good. Nourish us again. Strengthen the feeble. Lift up hands that hang low. Broaden and square our shoulders. Set our faces again like flint. And keep us in the path that leads to profit. Let the light of the spirit shine. And let us see Jesus. Let us come to increase in our measure and stature in him. Thank you. Receive this with gladness. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Praise God. Two things as a foundation for today's message. Very important. Each time you come to a gathering of believers, the center of every meeting of believers is the teaching of the word. Because in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. So God in a service is the word. If he is the word, then that is the center of every gathering of believers. We believe, and so we speak. There must be speaking in every gathering of believers. However, when you come, After a while, as a result of use, and as I always say, the cycle and the motion, there's a tendency to come with a preconceived notion that whoever the speaker is, is saying what he thinks. And you lose out on what it is that's a message for you. I made this rule very early in my life. Even when I go to places where I know this preacher is talking nonsense. I still find something beneficial to me in that message. In a body of teaching, one hour, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, there will be something said that's profitable to you. But once you have come with a preconceived notion that the preacher is saying what he thinks and I have what I think, what you have are arguments. Never come to this river if you're not intended on having a bath. If you could change your situation, there was no need to come in the first place. And Naaman found this wisdom very early. And so though the waters looked dirty compared to the waters where he was coming from, he plunged in it anyway and it became clean. So always come ready to receive for you, irrespective of whatever stage or level you are at, in the journey. In the journey. God is mindful of you. And if God is mindful of you and he orders your steps, it is impossible for you to be in a place where he is not. He watches over your soul. It is his responsibility to make sure that you hear him. Christians are always trying to hear the voice of God. They don't realize God is as much trying to get you to hear him. God is as interested in you hearing him as you are in hearing him. God is not the one making it hard for you to hear. He's the one who is looking for every way to get you to hear. The book of Hebrews says God who in sundry times spoke by what? Many prophets appeared by angels. God always gives witnesses. The Bible says the spirit speaks expressly. There is ample opportunity. God surrounds you with evidence of his will. Of his will. So you cannot come to a meeting. Any meeting at all. Even if the person teaching or preaching is somebody who is many eons below, behind you in the things of God. Something will be said that will profit you if you are mindful of God speaking. If you came expecting to hear the voice of God, you will find God in one thing said. It is impossible as human beings for us not to have what we call our own emphasis. So when the reflections or deflections of a minister are in a message, it doesn't change the fact that there is a message. See, a town crier can come to the square and beat the gong and declare the message of the king. In words that are not as exact as the words of the king. It doesn't mean he didn't pass across the message. It's up to you to hear. That is one. Then the second thing I'm going to gift you. I said gift you. Because this will help you beyond today. And this is where a lot of errors spring up in the church. And arguments and quarrelings over unnecessary uh, 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 theological stance issue from. 
Many people read the scriptures for the principles of the scriptures. But I've said it to you here. That's not where it ends. There's also the example of the scriptures. Please give me Matthew chapter 12 and verse 3. Let me show you this. This will help your Bible study forever. It will settle it. Because many of you keep asking me, how do you read your Bible? How can I read the Bible and understand the things that you understand? Let me show you. Go back to verse, let's start from verse 1. So you see the background to this. What does it say in verse 1? At that time, Jesus went through the (laughs) grain fields. This is not the message. I need to lay this down so you can receive the message. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. Now see what happens. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. So on the Sabbath, you're not supposed to do anything. Don't even lift a finger. That was the law. So they were trying to enforce the law. Now hear what Jesus said. (coughs) Yeah. He answered, haven't you read what David said when he and his companions were hungry? Did I read it correctly? I read it correctly. You just missed an error now. I threw in the air. Thank you. Haven't you read what David did? Not said. What does that tell you? When we read scriptures, we don't pick the principles. We also pick the examples. Jesus here was not telling us anything. When David did what he did, did you know his actions was going to be a lesson and a teaching thousands of years after him? He was just hungry, went to the temple and told the man, look, we haven't been with any women. We have kept ourselves clean. I'm hungry. My guys are hungry. Please give us bread. Now, the bread of the presence, which was for the priest, was not to be shared with anybody else. And David was not a priest. So how was he going to eat it? So the man asked him, have you people kept yourself clean from women? So you are priestly. Take the bread. Jesus used that to answer the Pharisees. This tells you something in Bible study and understanding. Never just read what is said, but what is done. The example is the explanation of the principle. If you are given a formula in mathematics, unless you are given an example of how it applies, you don't really know what it is saying. So this is where a lot of errors come from. People tell you the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says. I'm thinking, but what did Jesus do? You don't read the deeds of scripture. If you don't read the deeds of scripture, you don't understand scripture. Why am I saying this? Because today I'm going to show you the deeds of God in Genesis chapter 1. So that you don't start asking me what verse says. No. The Bible says these things were written for our example. We upon whom the ends of the times have come. So you don't only read Bible, the Bible to know what it says. You also study the Bible to see what men did to obtain good reports. And please the Lord. And ultimately to see what God himself did. The Bible says... Jesus is the author and the finisher. In other words, he's our example. In him was life. And that life is what? The light of men. How he lived is for you to watch and do likewise. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Because as we are on the verge of new, as we're transiting from media, if you've been following the teachings since the year began, back to Egypt, as we're going from personal need, to national demands, as we're going from conversations of our own advancement to conversations of inclusion. And I said to you last week, the conversation God is having with you should tell you how God sees you. Can you imagine God came to Moses while he was still living in his father-in-law's house? That's what I taught last week. God did not say a word about his condition. You 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 are married now, not too long. Imagine pastor was living in your father's house. Will you be happy? What would be the prayer point? It would be to move out, right? Good. And it's even worse. This house was not a house of men. All the man's children were girls. And you know girls are rude. Yes. Let me bring the maggie, the salt here. You didn't help me push my bra. It was yours on the floor. You didn't sweep this place. And then God appeared to that kind of man. Not once did he talk about his condition. He started talking about the people in Israel suffering. Ah, I'm a median. I'm my own man. I want my life to change. Why are you not talking about my life? The conversation God is having with you tells you how he sees you. You're bigger than that. You're a savior. 
In saving is your own lifting. So don't worry about that. So that was where we were last week. Now I want to show you now how God himself manifested that. See how he manifested it. Genesis 1. So when you're on the verge of new, it's a new day, a new season, a new time, a new turn of the calendar, and you're trying to transit into new. There are certain things you must bear in mind. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Read it. I want you to read it out loud. You have never seen the scripture like this before. Say, in the beginning, tell somebody, create your space. Every grace needs space. And if every grace does not find space, it will be stifled. Jesus was not born in a badom for a reason. I've not found one grace in scripture that didn't have a place. A specific location. And there are other kinds of places and locations. Many other figures that represent places. People are places. Jacob became Israel. And people make places. Because if there are no people, it's not a place. It gains a name from the entry of men. Otherwise, it's land. An uninhabited land has no name. It's not a place until people come into it. So places have many representations and connotations. But look at it in the beginning. This is, how, this is the example of how to begin. The first thing, people read Ecclesiastes 3 and say, there's a time for everything and a season for everything under the sun. But what you miss is that there's also a place for everything. Now, that is not stated as a statement. It's an example. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Where am I going? So, God is in heaven. Take note, this is heavens. It's the skies. The Bible is calling heavens. And there are realms there where forces and principalities dwell and function from. That's all. You don't need to get into anything cosmological or, you know, that's just the reality. All the cosmic entities and forces that God created are, are more vast than what your eyes can see. Under the expanse of space, your legs can traverse. That's the harsh reality. Real reality. Accept it. So, when he said the heavens, it's different from where he dwells in heaven. Now, here's my question. Where are we going to ultimately end up? Eh? It's not this heaven people are always shouting, we're going to heaven, we're going to heaven. This heaven that affects every small thing we want to do. Once you just want to do one thing, you just face one girl and say, heaven, no, heaven, heaven. Ah, ah. not even said hi. Heaven, heaven, this heaven. Okay. This heaven that we're going to, why didn't we just begin there? Think about it. Have you ever thought about it? Why is God going through a longer route? You first created man to, from heaven where you are. To come to earth, to come back to the heaven where you are. Are you, are you confused? Where are we going to? Did you see? You sent us from there to come and end entry there. Abba. Just God could have saved himself the heartache. And just creating us in that place. Oh, but you haven't read Hebrews. He said, to which of the angels did he say? You are my son, today I have begotten you. God created men. So that we can be as he is in heaven, here on earth. That conversation, angels cannot understand it. So God had to create his own space for him and man. There are certain places represented by persons and circumstances where your vision cannot be born. God called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees. God waited for Moses, whom we were teaching last week, to leave Egypt, come to Midian, to speak to him. They didn't get the necessary technology and all the investment in it to go back to the same Egypt and now fulfill his real purpose in Egypt. He couldn't have done it while he was in Egypt. Yeah. You can't fulfill purpose around certain people. You must create. This was what God started with. In the beginning, he created the heavens. and In other words, he left his heaven and decided to come to another space to do what he needed space to express himself. If you are sat with Angel Gabriel, Angel Gabriel will not understand that you want to leave us and now create another object of your affection. God loves man more than angels. 
and angels will not have understood. Can you tell, explain to your wife that there's one woman you want to go and... Yeah. It would have sounded like God was cheating on them. <laughs> the angels will not have understood it. So he needed to create his own space. Excuse me, create your space. Otherwise, this year, there'll be trouble. This season in your life, there'll be trouble. There are spaces where you, what all you must hear is yeah. I'm aware of people who say it's not good to be a yes man or to always have people around you saying yes. But there are some environments where you need to hear only yes. Otherwise, what you have in your heart will not be wrong. Only yes. Yes and amen. Whatever. Yes, it's impossible before now. What is it? Sir? God said we're going to uh, uh, Socradilos. Yes, we're going. But please, what's Socradilos? That's how to respond as a Christian. You say yes first before you find out what it means. But Moses says, which one is Socradilos? What's that? Does that make sense? How much will it cost us? By that time, you have sucked out the life from the vision. I explained to you that as soon according to Luke's record, remember, so that you see the sequence of the messages and how they're connected. When I shared with you about the incubation period of Elizabeth, I mean of uh, Mary, what did I tell you? God deliberately, according to Luke's record, took her to Elizabeth's house first before she spoke to Joseph. Because Joseph's flesh would have interfered. His own pain as a man. Nobody had ever given birth by immaculate conception. <clears throat> so she needed to be around somebody who had also been overwhelmed by the spirit to conceive, to believe that what God said can happen. So she had to go to Elizabeth's house for how many months? The Bible says three months she was there. And every day Elizabeth would prophesy. Before the Holy Ghost then overwhelmed her, there's a space for every grace, for every project, for every calling, for every work, for every assignment, in every season. When God wanted to create heavens and the earth, he had to leave heaven and go to another space. Let me give you one more example of space. The Bible tells us, and Jesus could not perform many miracles. Where? In his own hometown. Why? They did not have faith in him. The environment where your abilities are stifled. You have them, but you can't deliver them. It's there, but it will just not come out. Oh, yes. Family, friends, spouses, relatives, neighbors, church members, pastors that love you down. Oh, was it not love that made Peter say to Jesus? Stop saying that nonsense you are saying. He was scolding Jesus. Whilst Jesus was saying what his destiny was. I'm going to the cross. Meanwhile, Peter now told him, which cross? Please stop it. And from what we hear, Bible history, as if Peter was older than him by a year or two. So sometimes he might remember, ah, well, don't be thinking that you're Jesus. I'm not your mate. My friend, will you stop that talk? I'm your manager. So be careful. You talk like this. Let me coach you. How are we going to do this business and prosper? We're already gathering 5,000 people. You want to die. When we are doing bread, five is becoming thousands. You will now die. People want to make you their king. You want to die. Does it make business sense? You met me in the world. Be careful. <laughs> what did you tell him? Get thee behind me, Satan. You know that what? Give me space. Don't be talking that nonsense. I came to die so you can live. This is only a tip of the iceberg to show you what is possible if I die. And to show you resurrection is available. That's it. So Jesus was stifled. Every stifling environment in this season, I declare breakout. No, 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 no. I want you to turn it into a prayer for one minute in the spirit. Let there be some, some, some urgency in your heart. The Bible says the zeal of the Lord will perform it. In this season, the things God wants to bring requires that you create space. Make space. What did Pastor Godman come here to tell us? Spread out. Get out of this place of containment. If it is your, if it is your friends, people who are very close to you that are saying no to it, give, give them space. Let them give you space. Without space, it's not going to happen. There are environments where certain things will not be born. The app God is talking to you about, app makers are going to tell you it can't be done. Yes, 
The business God is talking to you about, people are going to tell you it can't be done. You need space. You need space. There are friends who are going to argue with you that you are being stupid. You are just being stubborn. I know you. This is how you always do. That's what they told David. His older brothers were telling him, you are just a busy body. Meanwhile, the guy was saying his destiny. This is kingship for me. I can take this guy. That's how they would have spoken him out of his opportunity. Ah, I shut every voice. I remove you from every place, every influence, including if it's Pastor Tosin. Be free from me in Jesus' name. Enter into what it is God has called you into. As God had to remove himself and come into a place where he could bring forth what was in his heart. So you in Jesus' name. Ah, Tadebandoliasata. Moses had to be in Midian. That's where he would shepherd and be able to see the fire. That's where he'll be able to go up the mountain and, and lead the sheep there. The first thing you must consider in every endeavor, in every enterprise, at the precipice of every new season and new work and calling is space, 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 space. Next, verse 2. See what followed. It says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Now, before we go to the spirit, look at three things. It was formless. It means he had no shape. In other words, if we look at this, your idea. He has no head. He has no tail. You want to do app that we do this. You want to start a business that we start this. Oh God, what are you saying? That's how God's idea initially looked. So you're in good company. He said, and it was empty. No capital. No, which one? no experience. Was there a heaven and earth before that God could copy? Yeah, yeah, so that's what is called innovation. It's virgin. The darkness was over the surface of the deep. In other words, it is, it is that kind of experience where you're saying, I'm not really sure, but I just know God wants me to do this thing. I'm about telling me, no. My friend, you know, if God is really calling you, you see there'll be like 10 steps to execution darkness was over the surface of the deep that God created. Darkness was there. This is a pattern, an example for you and I of how the beginning always looks. That space may not be comfortable, but that's what the Holy Ghost needs. It may be a church of 10 people, not a church of 50,000 people, but that's the place God needs. It may be a one-bedroom apartment in Okoko. Not Ikoi, but you will hear clearly. It's a matter of time. The Holy Spirit just needs a place to move. Don't think until you leave where you are now and go to a certain place. That's when it will come. No, this is exactly what the Holy Ghost needs. No form, empty, and dark. As you are like this, that's what God needs. No form, empty, and dark. You are not sure. You don't know. You are hoping. You are trying this one. You are checking that one. That's exactly what the Holy Ghost needs. <coughs> and see what happens. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I'm going to stay here for a bit. Oh, you, you never saw this verse like this before in your life. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what God was doing here. Can you severe your spirit from yourself? You are what? Spirit, soul, body. Can you sever your spirit from your soul now by yourself and say, my spirit, come out of me? Can you? Do you know that's what God is? The person you call the Holy Spirit is the spirit of God just as your spirit is your spirit. We keep forgetting. That's why they are called the Trinity. Unlike you. They can function independently, but in consonance. But they are one. It's a mystery man cannot understand because God represented it in the effigy called man and breathed in us the spirit as a gap between the body and, and then he created the soul as a result of the spirit. But guess what? In God's case, the way your spirit functions inside of you is the way the Holy Spirit is to God. That's why the Bible says no man knows the things of a man. But the spirit of the man. So also no man knows the things of God, but the spirit of God. Do you know what God was doing here? And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God was thinking. He was going like this. 
the way you think in your heart, in your spirit, thinking, what will I do now? Okay, no form, no form. Um, if I put this here, if I put that here, God was thinking. God was meditating. God was expounding on it. God was taking his time, brooding. The, some versions tell you it was brooding. What, what does brooding mean? Thank you. Two words were used, hovering and brooding. Do you know what hovering means? If they're trying to catch a criminal or they've spotted a location where there's a particular issue, you see a helicopter. It's almost like a military word, coordinates. And they're still by a place and the plane is just hovering, just doesn't, get, doesn't go past that place. That's what the Holy Ghost was doing. Pacing, thinking, oh, okay, if we put this one, the flower will be nice there. Okay, okay, take note of that one. Angel, you put that one there. Um, uh, they will need water separate. There will be one that will come as rain. Okay, because of plants. Ah, God, you are sharp. Okay, put that one there. Then um, That's what this hovering was. Brooding means thinking. Don't be religious about it. Take your time. There's a reason he did it in six days and not at once. To show you pattern of how it's done. Take your time and think over it. Say, ah! If this thing is going to take the world, they've already done Netflix. How am I going to do my own? That people will want to still have it even though they have Netflix. Okay, everybody's selling yam. Why will I do my own yam? Will I start cutting it into carton, you know, size, diameter, that they will just know, okay, that is the Holy Spirit brooding and hovering over your darkness, your emptiness. That's what is happening. Joshua won it. Give it to me. See what happened there. This is one of the most forgotten prerogatives of the believer. A great asset Christians don't use. Much of your prayer is mouthing nonsense. Your warfare is very empty. You don't understand strategy. Look, war is fought on so many fronts. Everything is not only for one hour and you didn't hear anything. Listen, listen, listen. Do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Yes. Meditate on it day and night. Yes. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Now, then, you, 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 you. Give me the version that says, you will make your way. I think that should be King James. I like that translation. It says, you will make your way. <laughs> you will make your way prosperous. And then you have good. So God practiced it before he taught us. What God was doing there was, hmm, this thing I'm trying to do. I need to think. Oh. People think God doesn't think. <laughs> the prophet tells us, Let's reason. Aha. In other words, put down your own. Let's put, so another one says, bring your strong proofs. Some say, bring your strong arguments. Let's put it together. Think about it. Was I fair? Was I unfair to you here? Think of what you did to me, Israel, that I sent you to captivity. It's so you to be fair to me. Judge me rightly. God cannot be a judge if he doesn't think. But you shall meditate on it day and night. Now, let me show you the shocking part of it. Everything else God created, everything God created after these two verses, guess what? They told us how long and when it was completed. Let there be light, so and so and so, and there was the first day and the evening. But this part, they didn't tell us how long. It means take as much time as you need to get it right before you set out. Luke chapter 14. It says, who goes to a war without first sitting down and counting the cost to see if with a few soldiers he can face his opposition. Who starts a building without first seeing whether he can complete it. Otherwise, your hand will fall. You have shame. Jesus said that. That's what the Bible is calling you to. Meditation is a lost asset in the church. Sometimes you just need to sit down for one hour and shut up. And you are praying. Just sit down. And subject your mind, your thoughts to the infestation of the spirit. The Holy Ghost needs a space that's dark, empty, and without form to move. Once he's already in shape, he can't fit in. The Holy Ghost needs to come into a place where when he's done, it's evident he changed it. 
He doesn't come into arranged spaces. He comes into spaces where he, he, he arranges it. It was only after the Holy Ghost was done. Then God started saying, let there be. Let there be. Let there be. Let there be. And there was. We jumped to let there be. With our brooding. And then when we have accidents, we say faith doesn't work. We say faith doesn't work. There's nothing called it happened all of a sudden. The things that happened momentarily and all of a sudden were years and long in cooking. Years long in cooking. Long in cooking. People meditate. <clears throat> Take your time. Lay the cards on the table. Present it before Jehovah. And let the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Ghost is hovering, is showing you the areas, your blind spots, your assumptions, your erroneous calculations, your presumptions. It's showing you your pride, your assumption that I can do this one. This one is going to be a piece of bread. And it's showing you how they will mess you up there. This, that's not the best way. That attitude is wrong. It's showing you how, you know, it's showing you your motives. The reason you want to start this church is because somebody also started his own church. And you want to show that this one, I know more Bible than you. What does it mean? It's, that's what the brooding and hovering is. I, I made to a release album. What are they saying? What's that guy playing? Checking. I made to. Uh, uh, is, it is not Temisan. That one that comes to our church. Social media influence. Me too. I'll be doing Jilly cast. I beg. What's there? It's not just to bab hair and just talk like a worry boy. And then you now do it and you have 2,000 followers after five years. I'm wondering, God, but I prayed. And then you are offended. Brute. <laughs> Sometimes in brooding, you will find out God did not call you. When you let the Holy Ghost brood, you just know God did not call you. Sometimes in brooding, guess what you find? That what you lack and the state of your life is not a sign God did not call you. Because some people think that the only thing brooding should do is to tell me that everything is supposed to just happen magically. No. Sometimes the evidence, I mean the fruit of brooding, is that you'll be encouraged to stay there, whether it's hard or not. I, I keep, Zechariah keeps amazing me. The guy kept coming to the temple to do his duty. At 70 something, gone in years, he was still showing up. He was still showing up. If you had met him when he was 50, you'd have said, this, this thing you are doing, God didn't call you. Because for us, how quickly things turn over and turn around is the evidence of God's calling. God has chosen some people to prove his word. See, there are honors God has appointed unto some men. If you are not, if you are not elevated in your spiritual thinking, you will make assumptions about them. What does Psalm 91 say? Or is it Psalm 90? Talking about the palm tree. He says, he spoke, so, I mean, he spoke of one of the qualities of the palm tree. Do you know what he says about it? He says, even in old age, it still bears fruit. How would that scripture be proved if some people in old age don't give birth? So if God has chosen you for that honor, why are you, why are you angry? And you want your own when your friends are having it. They chose you for honor. Why are we reading about Elizabeth in the Bible and Sarah? See, sometimes when I hear some teachings, I heard a man of God, another great man of God that I love and respect and that I listen to. And again, I'll continue listening to him because he's a powerful man. We are talking about teaching the Bible. Those, those ones, they've crossed the Red Sea. But I said something one day and I sat there and said, Sir, if we really take this thing that you just shared with us, will we injure the intent of the scriptures? Let me give you an example. This is what he said. He said, and he was correct. That it was when Sarah finally had faith. Because he was reading the hall of faith. Hebrews 11. And the Bible says Sarah by faith. So when she had faith, she conceived, right? So that all along, the reason she didn't conceive was because she did not have faith. That if she had had that faith she had at that time, earlier, she could have had Isaac at even 60. And I said, well done, sir. That's a, that's a nice emphasis to teach us faith. It's good. But what you have just done is that you have indirectly removed God's intent to show his power to still cause a 90-year-old woman to get pregnant. Why you are trying to show us that it's as quickly as you get faith that determines when you have the result. That's the true message. 
But the example you have used to explain it has injured another light in God. Because if she had had the child at 60, all of us could have said, well, there are some 60-year-old women by reason of some peculiar metabolism that can have children. The time when you don't have faith is part of the arrangement. <laughs> it's part of, see this Bible, you sit down and read it well, Neil. It's not this hasty, you know, Christians are hasty ones to find a new revelation. There are some things I know I'm not even allowed to share now. Because as I grew, I found out that some of them, Pastor, your head was not correct there. You actually believe that that was revelation. You are going to share that. And that was revelation in your mind. Another dear pastor friend of mine once said, David, you know David, that if you check in their history, the record of Israel, and he's right. You see, this is the difference with me. I don't criticize pastors, not because I'm a pastor, but because I know what they mean. I understand that the Bible is available for you to teach doctrine, instruction, reproof, correction. You can use any scripture. There's license. Forget all these funny, funny guys that are criticizing. They don't know what they're saying. If you really read the Bible, it's available for you to switch it. However, the Holy Ghost wants you to do it because of what he wants to emphasize at that time. And in each season of a particular emphasis, you're supposed to emphasize it as if there's nothing else. That's what some people now call error. Eh, you overemphasized it. You overstretched it. At that time when somebody is committing adultery, I need to overstretch holiness so they can be saved from it. That's not the time to talk about grace. You will die, sir. Stop it. <laughs> you will get it. <laughs> the, the intent is to save your soul. So, what do you mean? Uh, if you say it too much, then it will become error. No, it will not. You want to continue the same. Stop. <laughs> That's how the Bible says we should correct you. <laughs> That's what I shout at you so that you get it. You see? He said, David, if you check the, the roll call of Israel's army that came to band with David, you actually find it there. The sons of Issachar, the Benjaminites, one of the tribes had a particular grace and skill. They could sling stones. And the way they slung stones, it was an expertise. They, they can sling the stone and hit a hair's breadth accurately. From almost a distance of almost, God knows how many meters. Perfect, they won't miss it. He said, so Christians make a big deal of David. That, that, that was why. So he was trying to teach the fact that if you are really given to your craft and you learn it and hone your skills, you can. Now, is that a good thing? It's a good thing. But what he ended up doing was removing the divine element of the fact that David at his age and with his stature, without military experience, could not have conquered Goliath, who was bigger, stronger. Saul said to him, he's been a champion since his youth. Once you take out that element, the story is no longer divine. <laughs> People, create your space. Watch what you are hearing. Where you go is one expression of your space. The messages you are hearing is a mental space, a spiritual space that can stifle the flow. Be careful. It's not where everybody's just gathering, where it's popping. No, that's what your generation. No, no, think, think. No, no, no. Be in a space that is for you and for the peculiarity of what you're called to do. How does God leave heaven? Let's, let's compare the glory of heaven to the glory of where God was coming to create man. Do they, do they look alike? Where God was, was nicer. Why didn't he just look for one estate there? One land. And just create there. He came out of that place. And wanted to replicate eternity in time. Ah! He, he removed, derobed all of the virtues and glories and limitlessness of eternity. To bring the essence and the virtues into limited time. That was too much. You need space. And guess what? You need meditation. Meditation. This is when the spirit then moves. And once the spirit has space to move, it's only a matter of time. Everything you say will come to pass. Let there be. Let there be. Let there be. Because the spirit has gone ahead. 
You are not speaking on emptiness. God did not say let there be light while it was still empty, dark, and without form and voice. God only said let there be light after the spirit had hovered. After the spirit had moved. And I told you what the movement of the spirit is. Meditation. This is one of the means by which we engage the ministry of the Holy Spirit more than a lot of people think. They think it's only, yay, God, do it for me. No, those are supposed to propel you. It's like driving a car on a journey to a place. That is supposed to take you to where the Spirit has your full attention. That's what all that is for. By the time you then arrive there, you now strip yourself of everything and hear. And how you hear is by meditation. Subject everything to, to, to divine critical thinking, correction. Let the Holy Ghost show you. No, this one's wrong. This is right. Don't do it like this. No, don't call this person. If you call this person, this will happen. And trust him fully. Come out of that place and just start declaring. That's, that's when men come out and say, we're going to Abuja. We're standing in church in Abuja. You just see pastors sometimes just come and say, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing that. And I wonder, what's wrong with this one? We don't have this, we don't have that, we don't have that. When God started saying, let there be light, was there light? Was there resources for light? So why did he say it? Once the Holy Ghost has moved, there's resources. <laughs> what activates it is you speaking. This is the source of your capital that you have been looking for. I know there's one studio you want to build now, you know. I can see it. You didn't discuss it with me, did you? But I can see it. This is how it's going to come. Get out of these places where you're hearing nay. Where you are overanalyzing and paralyzing. Overthinking and sinking. Like Peter. Cry for help. Rise on the water. Let the Holy Ghost move. And you will do the impossible. For today, I'd like to close here, but let me just give you one more thing. And then go and meditate. <coughs> Look at the sequence. First day, and God said, then we're told, please bring it, give me, give, let, me let me do it. Let's go to verse 4, verse 4. God saw that the light was good. No, no, go back to verse 3 again. And God said, then go to verse 4. Verse 4. God saw. Next verse. Next verse. And God said. Next verse. Next verse. Go back again. Next verse. Next verse. And God said. Uh -huh. And God saw. Next verse again. Then God said. Uh -huh. Next verse. And God saw. Next one. Next one. And God said. Then the next one. Next one. One more. One more. I, God saw that it was good. This sequence of God said, God saw. God said, God saw. God said, God saw. God said, God saw. We can't say it enough. You've created your space. You have meditated. You now come out and you are afraid to say. You are looking for something first so that you will not fall your hand. You want to be sure. Say, I don't want to say it before I'm sure. Some people even teach us now. Keep quiet until people teach us that the reason Joseph's brothers was because he went to share his dream. Like, where is this inverted wisdom coming from? If he had not shared his dream, how would he have found his way to Egypt to become prime minister? 
So I should be afraid to share my dream so you don't steal it. I will burden you with the dream. Send me to my Egypt. I need to become prime minister. Don't hide anything. How do people come out and you're afraid to say? <coughs> Saying is free, oh. Yeah, Pastor Godman also said it, if you remember. It doesn't cost anything to say we're going to be the biggest photography, you know, studio in Africa with all kinds of animated, you know, uh, characters available. will be like Universal Studios. It doesn't cost anything to say I'm going to have 2 billion followers on Instagram and then... <laughs> it doesn't cost anything to say I'm going to be the biggest artist in, 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 in Africa. It doesn't cost anything to say you're going to be the biggest producer. It doesn't cost anything to say you're going to be the biggest merchant, Igbo man. <laughs> Debbie, it doesn't cost anything to say you are going to be on the next uh, Avengers. Joshua, it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost anything to say you're going to be the most sought after. You're going to have branded guitars. The best dental practice in Africa. <laughs> Please. Ah, ah. Please. Pastor, it doesn't cost anything. Say it, Maria. Just declare these things. This is how it's going to be. You don't come out of a move of the Spirit and keep mute. Close mouth is a close destiny. After a move of the Spirit, start speaking. Start speaking. That's what he did. As soon as the Holy Ghost had moved, he had come out of that experience and that encounter. It's like, let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. Let it be. That's it. Start talking. Start talking. Now, I'm not saying lose sense of the reality. This is one area, for example, my wife and I always have some skirmishes sometimes. So let me give you an example. <coughs> my wife is a woman of faith. I love her and her faith. Powerful woman of faith. So, let's buy this one. It's 10 million. Let's, let's trust God that the money is going to come. That's not how I was trained. Auntie, I have faith for that 10 million. But I don't plan with faith. I live by faith. I don't plan by faith. Let me explain it. So, Paul said. Hold on. Paul. Paul said. Paul said. Who taught us faith? I keep saying this thing. Who taught us faith? Men like Paul. How can a man of God like that then say, I've learned to abase and to abound? Abase means I've learned how to manage my resources. Do you know why? Do you know why? Jesus said, if you're not faithful in another man, so no will give you your own. Management is a prerequisite for abundance. Before God will bring you into increase, he will check how you use what you have. So if with five loaves, you cannot feed 5,000, you don't deserve 5,000 loaves. It will train you until you are able to use that. So, I don't plan with faith. And then that can make some people think I don't have faith. It's a big mistake. My faith is dangerous. You don't even know the kind of things I have. I said we are going to have build our... Uh, this church, we're not going to have permanent sites. I hope you know. I said it from the beginning. I'm announcing it publicly so you can quote me. We're not having permanent sites. And I said it long before COVID came. In fact, when COVID came, Pastor King, did you hear me? I said, yeah, a witch. I said, why? He said, do you remember what you said? Long before this thing, I had talked about studio halls. Where you make change event. Hey, I'm giving out my idea. You can't take it, Joseph. <laughs> where you are, you, are you are building event spaces with full multimedia setup. A few come, you broadcast to the rest. But it is the same quality of experience. What I believe God wants us to do in this church is to have a community center where we are also a tenant. How do you lay a structure down seven days of the week and you only meet once or twice? But you are cleaning the place. You employ staff. You call it uh, something, something international. It's not making money. No, 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 no. It's a community center. It's for hire. It's, for, it's not even going to be called the franchise. You can call it the nest. It has no name. Something event center, whatever, community center. That's what it is. We, the church that owns it, we're tenants. Yes, we pay for it. You use it on Sunday, you pay. Eh? Go to 
go to, uh, what's it called? Singapore. Oh my God, go and see what thinking is doing. Meditation, that's what it does. You see, something tells us once we are Christians, this part, no, 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 no. It was, I'm not talking of your brain now. I'm saying your brain is a servant of your spirit. Prayer is the one that leads you to the place. Do you know what needs to come under? It's your brain. So prayer is what, that's why you build up your most, prayer is the one that conditions your brain to accept that it is limited. So that it then comes to the spirit and subjects itself. When that meeting between the two comes, you are lethal. Anything you say, be, it will happen. That's the difference. Do you see it? So at a stage, if I need, if my son has to go to a school of, what, what I then have to do is to have due diligence to so look for the best school at that level where he will still get good education. If I have to start my shop in Obalende for now, what I have to do is to look for the best and safest part of Obalende where classy people can come to. If for now I have to drive just my Toyota Corolla, when you see my Corolla, you'll be envious with your Rolls Royce because like, why does it smell nice? Why is it clean? Why is it always the tire? Ah, ah, this guy. When I'm still wearing Max and Spencer, when I, when I put it together, you know how Pastor Tony Trenders, when I put it together, you that you're wearing Bilonian's club shirt, like, come, wait, come. Is it not this Max and Spencer that they sell 10 for how many pounds? <laughs> why are you looking this sharp? Why are you looking this rich? That's what, that's, that's, that's what Paul was saying. I've learned to abase and to take note of the order. Abase first leads you into abounding because God is going to have to entrust you with resources for nations. You can't be wasteful because it's available. Jesus showed it. Jesus did not say, Father, send more bread from heaven. And how do I know? Because he told Peter. When Peter cut off the ear of Marcus, he said, do you think if I wanted, I could not have asked for a legion from heaven? So that means Jesus had access to say, bread fall from heaven. Who fell manna from heaven? Was not God? Yes, he could have said, in this place, let manna fall from heaven and feed all the people. He had to keep his authority in check and delay gratification. What he was able to do, he was not allowed to do for a season until he had first learned how to show them to convert five to thousands. So we have faith. Hmm? Praise God. So the sequence of God said and God saw. God said and God saw. Now this is where I'm going to end. Let me ask you a question. Please go to verse 4. Let me show you something here. This will bless you. And I'll close here. So God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. Go on. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Yes. And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water next. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it. And it was so. Right? Now, take note of what God is doing. He's giving us gradual, incremental creation. Hmm? So let me ask you a question. If you were alive, when the world was empty, it was without form, and it was void, God had invited you, come and help me look at what I'm creating. What would you have said at the point where there was only light and darkness and nothing else? Would you have, you, you, that, would you have said it's good? But take note, God who was calling them to be, was saying be, and was seeing it was good. And God saw, that it was good. Let me put it for you in simple words. And God looked at it as good. The problem with you and I is that we look at our process as bad until our completion. God was already calling his stages good. Your perspective about the different seasons of your life until you come into the fullness of, a, of manifestation is as important Take note of what he called the end. Go to the last verse. See, he said, God looked over all that he had made and he saw that it was what? Very good. The journey to very good begins at good. How are you seeing it? What you are seeing will determine that you will see. But how you are seeing will affect if you arrive at completion. This year, 
Even when the show only pays 50k. Look at it as good. See the traction, the network, the relationships you got there gave you. This year, even when your effort to start that new practice has only yielded one customer. Look at the fact that at least somebody thought you were worth it to leave this big hospital to come and meet you. How are you seeing it? How are you seeing it? You are saying it. The fact that you are seeing it, see it as good. See it as good. You must say it when the spirit has moved to see it. And after you have seen it, you must see it as good. It's as important how you see it. When the promises of God are being fulfilled in your life, don't worry about how much you got. This is always our problem. There was a time you didn't have one follower. There was a time the number of followers you had was not enough for you to even have the idea that you want to be an influencer. Suddenly, you are now beginning to compare with somebody else who has 2 million followers. Suddenly, you are beginning to compare to somebody else who has done this business who only started yesterday and so, so many people are going to their, their hospital. I started exporting this food and suddenly only, you know, I, I, I'm in only one shop in London. Oh, you are even in London. We were in Okoko. <laughs> you, are, you are an exporter, sir. <laughs> Somebody, there's even somebody who knows the name of your brand in London. Ah, you are trying. Look at God praising himself. Everyone, he saw it as good. You say, mm, not that nice. Eh? See it as good. Call it good. Then the next day, and see the patience of the Lord. He did another one. And looked at where he was coming from. Saw where he had come to. Saw it as good. Then did the fourth day. Looked at it and said, ah, I don't try before, no, not only water, then they don't separate. See her now. Ah, there's light. Light na day. Na, darkness na night. Now look at it. Flower don't day. Ah, I don't need try you. Ah, 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 and the end. Say, very good. Very good. Oh, and this one, I'm going to finish you. Even at the point God saw it as very good, that world, is it the world you have now? So compare the world we have now to the world that God created. What's the difference? The definition of what is good is what can be built upon. Anything you do, other people cannot continue. It's bad. <laughs> Full glory is generational. I may not be the pastor that will see franchise church of 25,000 members. It's okay. If I die, and well, 2,000, even 500. I've done my part. How does God not look at his pride? Created for six days, all he created was raw material. And he said his work was finished. Ah! And he rested from his work. He was contented in his skin. He didn't care whether there was no aeroplane. There was no electricity at that time. There was no cell phone. See the advancement we have made over God's platform. And God is fine to let us have our pride. You, you want to do everything and die. You will die for nothing. Anything other generations cannot contribute to. It's not God and it's not good. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, 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 want, you want to finish the assignment of your whole generation? No, God doesn't call any man like that. God accepted to do his part, rest, and left it to man to develop this much. Guess what? The increase of man, who is, at, who is behind it? Who put the virtue in man? So if God can contain himself and share his glory, his create, creation and creative glory with other men, who are you that you want to do everything? You can't pass everything to a next generation. Every David must be told, the temple is for Solomon. It's okay. You can stop here. You have tried you have tried. This is the pattern and the eternal example God has set for us. For bringing things from the divine into time. Into time. Where my father went, I've passed. And my children will exceed. And so will yours. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I declare over you in this house, you will know when to stop. Oh, that's not a prayer you're used to. Ah, receive it. You will know when to stop. And guess what? Did God really stop? 
Do you know what Jesus said? He said, I am walking. My father is still walking. He shifted to new assignments and left the earth to us. He said, you now have dominion over the earth. Multiply. In other words, I've given you the sample. Take what I gave you and use what I put in you to finish the rest. The destiny of this church and its impact, its glory, its influence is not with me. What I'm giving to you is you that will increase it. It's not me. How we're going to blow it up, how it's going to affect pregnant women, save destitute children, what it will do to, you know, uh, the charities. Impact. It's you, not me. I've done my work. I've registered the church. I've told you I'm the pastor. I teach you every Sunday. What's my business with you? My work is done. (laughs) Go and do the rest. Allow me to go and preach in places. Let's enter bush and preach. That's our own calling. That's our work. It's our work. That's it. Rise, rise, rise. Declare these things over yourself. Enter your space. Come out of Midian in the name of Jesus. Receive the grace for meditation. I'm talking about meditational encounters that will give you answers to difficult questions in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when you come out of Holy Spirit encounters, receive the grace to speak, to speak. And as the things you speak are becoming, oh, receive sight to see them for their potential, not their appearance. Their potential. As long as what you have delivered has potential to increase, is good. Did you hear me? As long as what you have brought forth has the potential to increase, is good. So long as it has the potential to progressively go beyond what you did, is good. Is good. Oh, it is good. It is good. It is good. It is good. Oh, say, Lord, wash my eyes. Take the scales off. Help me see the progress. Help me see the journey. Help me understand what you are doing. As I stand on this edge of glory, of new, I will enter in the name of Jesus. Give me back that scripture about Moses in Exodus 3. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? This is what Moses said. Now see what Moses became. Acts 7. Acts 7.35. The same Moses that said, who am I? Now this is the same Moses. Whom they had rejected with the words. Who made you ruler and judge? He was sent to be their what? Ruler. Say I'm their ruler. And deliverer. By God. And through the angel. Who appeared to him in the bush. Now see the next thing that happened. Next verse. 36. 36. 36. He led them out of Egypt. And did wonders and miraculous signs in Egypt at the Red Sea. And I told you for 40 years. And where? In the desert. Is this national like a desert? This is when we need miracles. This is where we need it. You will do wonders. You will do miraculous signs. You will lead men out. And you will do it what? For 40, for long. Your own is not for, for long. And you will do it in places where people think it's impossible. This is your prayer. After I told you last week, I wasn't joking. Go and put it on your DP. I am a deliverer. I am a savior. It's scripture. It's not pride. I showed you. Saviors will arise on the mountain of God. Zion. Write it. This same you. Ellie Scott. Uh-uh. When you host concert. Men bowl. And will be there. 50,000. Uh, how are you saying it? One of you will bring an offering. We will build what I said. One. One person. One. 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 In an era of don't pay tithe. You will one. And we invite the people that said don't pay tithe to come and partake. See, the only reason you are arguing about don't pay tithe, even if it's a real revelation, is because you don't have. Have you not seen people that have? They don't have this argument. Hey, it's your poverty. You are trying to keep your poor. Hey, who cares? Because what did, when the tithe goes, you don't even know. When you are blessed, you argue, no, don't pay tithe. Ah. Me, I'm even, okay, I even agree with you, it's Old Testament. Okay, I want to pay it. For the work to carry on. Abi? Uh, so it's Old Testament. Okay, now that I have elected, my election, my choice has made it New Testament. Because the Bible says I should give what? Freely. Right? Without compulsion. So without compulsion, I want to pay tithe. It's not my Old Testament. <laughs> my, my, my liberty to do it has changed it from being Old Testament. 
And guess what? Once I do it, and it is proving, bringing proofs and results in the lives of many, ah, that's my joy. This is your destiny. Say, I'm a wonder. I'm a miraculous sign. I bring men out for days, even in deserts, in the name of the Lord Jesus. One more time. Say, I'm a wonder. I'm a miracle. I bring men out for days in desert places. One more time. Say, I'm a wonder. I'm a miracle. I bring men out for seasons unending, even in desert places. Declare in tongues for one minute and keep shouting it. Hallelujah.